The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, hoop ballers, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS Today. This is your Saturday, January 23rd edition. Uh, I am your host for this one, Santino Cacone, and I am joined with our Saturday superstar. Ooh, the double S for double A, Aaron Asmus. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty darn good, honestly. You know, I... I, I always feel like I have to vent about something when I first come on the show, and thankfully Gabe Vincent, you know, I played I played him over Gafford today, and he almost got to to matching him, but it w- was looking a little sketchy for a while. So, uh, thankfully, lineups are looking okay for today. I'm ready to get into this slate. Nice, yeah. There's uh, we saw the Cavs beat up on the the Nets again. I know they weren't shorthanded, and I know it's only January. The Nets aren't. Aren't we too worried about playing this good in January? But um, it is interesting that we saw it twice in a row. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that team is just going to take a little while to gel. And, you know, once they get all three su- superstars on the court together, they're just going to be a tough offense to to ever slow down. So I don't yeah. think they're worried too yet. There's plenty of time left for them to get ready for the playoffs. And they've only had what a handful of practices i think their first practice was tuesday together so uh <laughs> not too much time right. to gel and get used to each other i know they are superstars but there's not much outside of them and one of those guys wasn't playing so it is what it is we'll see they'll be there in in late june early july or or even later we'll see um but yeah, let's get into it. Right before we do get into it, actually, I do want to shout out to one of our presenting sponsors, and that is my bookie. Uh, if, if you have been listening to this podcast, you know that we've been touting up my bookie, and it's for good reason. And actually, tonight, when you guys hear this podcast and whatnot, you will be probably most for the most part. A lot of people, if you're a combat sports fan, you're going to be watching the McGregor Poirier fight tonight uh, and there's no better place to get those odds and whatnot than my bookie and on sunday we're going to have two massive massive football games for the right to play into the super bowl in two weeks from now uh so uh, along with that and the daily nba games and now nhl's back mlb's right around the corner uh, there's no better place to trust your sports related bets than my bookie um if you know me you know that i don't give my stamp of approval out that easily you have to earn it and I play my bookie on a, a daily basis, whether it's the casino. I don't play too much casino because I know I know better about the the, the robots. I'll take I, I do I play quick, win, <laughs> leave. That's just, that's how I do it. Um, but I play it I play it pretty much daily, and I, I do my bets a lot pretty much daily as well. Uh, it's very simple. It, and to get into my bookie, it's as simple as signing up, enter the promo code Hoopball. That's H O O P B A L L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Uh, head on over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. So bet with the best, bet with my bookie. And Aaron, are you a um, a big gambler outside of DFS? Uh, I I'd like to be. Um, I think I, I've said this before though that when I did do sports betting, uh, I I really like to find competitive lines, and I, I think that's the biggest way 
to gain an edge when you do sports bet. And, you know, the, the MyBookie is, I think it's one of the best sites. It's one of the best UIs that I, I've come across on just the multi, uh, multitude of different gambling websites out there. So I don't sports bet as much anymore, but when I did, you know, my bookie was uh, definitely where I like to put put action down. Yeah, and it is awesome, and I am I am having a success in the casino part. I know I said I go in quick and and I leave, but that's what I do in a regular casino too. If I'm up <laughs> a little bit, I know I know that my luck won't last too long, so I'll take my winnings and run, and that's what I do here. Uh, but I, I am up, and it, it actually the. I'm I'm always weary of betting on the computer, but I'm not really I'm not weary with them, and and that's a good thing. And they also have I know if you're into blackjack or live casino type of things, they have live casino uh, where there's an actual dealer that you they have a video on the dealer and and people actually at the table where you can jump in and, and join. Don't know how that works and and whatnot uh, in on their end, but <laughs> we are able to to play and it's pretty good. That's but, it, man. Yeah, so let's with all that said, let's jump right into this this DFS slate. We have a seven game hitter for you guys. Uh, we don't have too many people on the injury report because ten of these fourteen teams played on Friday, and ten of these teams are on the back end of a back to back. There were no people on the front end. There's no back to backs for Saturday Sunday, uh, but there are ten of the fourteen teams playing on a back to back. So news is definitely going to be at the forefront, and you're going to have to watch out for this. Um, and as well as lines, we have four of the seven, which shocked me. I didn't think we'd have that many with all with no so many teams playing. Uh, but here we are, and the first game is at 8 p.m. Eastern. And by the way, there's all these games start at 8 and 9 p.m. So we should have most of the news hopefully before that first lock. But the first game is Miami Heat at the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we don't have a spread for this one. We don't have an injury report, as I mentioned. Most of the there's only three injury reports and. Uh, any team that played on Friday does not have one at the moment. But let's start with the the Heat, man. It looks probably light. Or Tyler Hero, we do know, is out. That's a, something that I uh, we heard today, that he'll be out for the next three games. So he's going to miss this game. I don't believe Jimmy Butler is going to play. Uh, that's just a toss-up. But everything else is pretty much close. Avery Bradley probably won't play. Uh, but those are the big guys that we, we know on the Heat side. Uh, but where are you looking at on the Heat side? Yeah, so Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic have both been extremely popular with Tyler Hero out the last couple games. Uh, and Kendrick Nunn, unfortunately, uh, has been a guy I've faded in these last two monster games where he's been shooting extremely well. And uh, he had, I think, 40 points tonight and 47 in the last game against Toronto, 34 against the Detroit game, kind of since he's rejoined the rotation. I'm going to keep fading none at this price tag, though. You want none uh, of still, him? I want none of none, <laughs> I if you will. I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I would rather keep going back to Drogic, who's been a little bit muted with none kind of going through these really, really big games. And um, just fade the recency bias here. Just go on Drogic. He, he has the better opportunity um, he's gonna when he's on the floor, he's gonna be the floor. He's gonna be the the lead guy with all these guys out. And um, with the Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler off the floor, you know, Goran Dragic, he's twenty eight point five percent usage and one point oh five fantasy points per minute. 
So and if we can get you know 30, 32 minutes and none finally comes back down to earth a little bit, you know, I, I think this is still a very approachable price tag for Drogic. Um, I talked about Gabe Vincent barely kind of salvaging for me today. I think, unfortunately, he will be in play again for this slate as the starter. Um, and that's a little bit of a hedge against a little bit of a hedge against none playing so well uh, or continuing to play as well as he had at just 3,200. You know, I think his minutes are relatively okay. You know, he hasn't been playing great. He's been shooting horribly uh, the last couple games, but I think they just kind of need to give him around 25 minutes with, you know, just Drogic kind of, he's not on a minutes cap, but he's kind of limited to that 30 to 32 range. So Gabe Vincent is going to be in play. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to look to go elsewhere if I can. But I think all three of these guys are relatively solid plays. And just a, a little re- reinforcement. Uh, on my end, I, I do like Bam in this matchup. Uh, it's becoming clear that you can attack the interior of Brooklyn. They only have... I mean, Jeff Green is not a big guy. Let's Let's be real. DeAndre Jordan is pretty much on his last legs. So Bam is going to be a very good option. I know he's a little expensive at 85, but I think he's uh, he, he's one of the plays that I am very into. And I don't think he's going to be too owned, especially in GPP, so I'm fine with it there. You mentioned Nunn and Drogic. Interesting fact, in this last game, they got blown out by the Raptors. Pretty much up and down from the first quarter on, they were getting, it was, it was close to a 20-point lead almost the entire time, and that's what they finished with. They lost by 20. They got outscored by 17 in the first quarter, uh, and they they crept back a little bit in the in quarter two, quarter three, and then they got blown out again in the fourth. But interesting fact in the plus-minus, Goran Dragic was one of two players with a positive plus-minus on this team, and the other player being Bam, but Goran Dragic was a plus-11 and a plus-minus. On the flip side, Kendrick Nunn was was a negative 27 plus minus. He was the worst player mm. on the court for the Heat and in the game. Uh, so that's a big thing. I know none played 39 minutes. He dropped the most points on the team at 22. They also did get blown out. But that's a big disparaging thing that I know when looking at the film, Eric Spolsch is going to see. Uh, and, they, and they did it in the bubble where they didn't play none a lot. And that's when they had their best streak. Uh, coincidentally, I guess, but I, I, I'm with you. I, I like to go back to the well uh, with Drogic. I played him tonight more than none. I think I'm going to do it again. At some point, none has to be better. Uh, I know he's scoring, but when he's on the court, they're not playing as efficiently, uh, and that's something to watch out on. And yep. <laughs> I, everybody else had a negative. On, only two people, Bam and Drogic, had a negative plus minus, but the third highest that played double digit minutes was your was your guy Gabe Vincent and it was only a negative nine and they lost by twenty points so that's not too terrible considering uh, there was only two people with a positive plus minus I think he's going to take a couple minutes back of Kendrick Nunn also when Spolster reviews the tape and sees um, that even though he was shooting hot they they just weren't playing well when he was on the court and I don't for for yeah at thirty two hundred on a on a big slate. I mean, there's not not too many people you can count on to get twenty six, twenty seven type of minutes at the bottom of the barrel there. So I, I don't mind looking at him as well there. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. It's a great great matchup against Brooklyn because they can't play. They're not playing any defense, but I think everybody else is fairly priced. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just go to those three guards and bam, and then uh, kind of look elsewhere. Yeah, uh, let's go on to the Nets. So this is, we saw Ky- or Kevin Durant not play the last game. I think he's going to play this game. He did play 50 minutes on Wednesday, so it makes sense coming off that Achilles injury that they're not going to throw him into the fire in a meaningless January game when they have aspirations to play deep into July. But I do expect him to play into this one. Maybe we don't see a Kyrie Irving in this one. Who knows? But it's definitely obviously something to watch out about. But assuming all three of them play, anybody that you can target on, on the Brooklyn side, knowing that these three big guns are priced up? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think uh, this team is just... It's pretty easy to figure out. It's very similar to the Warriors a couple years back when Durant, uh, Steph, Dre, and Clay were all uh, rolling, rolling in their primes. Um, when all of them are healthy, you kind of just avoid on most slates. And then when one of them is out, you, the other two become instantly some among the better players or the best plays on the slate. So I think there's a pretty decent chance Kyrie Kyrie sits on on the back to back. He played a ton of minutes tonight. Let me see if I can pull that up really he quickly. He had 31 and Harden had 37. So not too too huge of a workload for Kyrie, but um, I still wouldn't be surprised if they sat him and Kevin Durant came back. So that would still keep Harden and Durant squarely in play. But Miami is. A tough defense, with especially with Bam, Bam in there. Second night of the back to back. If all three are in, I'm just uh, I can look I can look at other spots other than Brooklyn. Yeah, if all three of them are in, I'm not playing Kyrie because he's just not doing. He's scoring. Don't get me wrong. He's taking as many shots as he as he wants, but he's not doing anything else to where if he's not dropping 33. He's not going to hit four. He might not hit forty, and that's that's hard. That's really odd. That right, he might right. Not hit forty if he doesn't drop thirty three actual um, points. So I won't play him. Um, if if all three of them play, yeah, I'm not going to have too many shares of all of them because I don't. I know they can all. They're all going to get their most of their numbers. But Harden is obviously taking a secondary seat to everybody and, and being the the point guard on this team, which he should be anyway. Um, but Kevin Durant, if I'm going to play one, it would be Kevin Durant just because um, he, everything just comes so easy to him. And without Jimmy Butler, no one there can actually check him. But we have so many options on this slate to where I don't need to jump into there and uh, have to play to play Kevin Durant or I need to play one of these guys. So, yeah, I'm probably not going to pl- have too much exposure to Brooklyn. But when we get the um, injury report or update – late breaking news and see if one of these guys are out then i'm going to change my mind on it uh, on, as far as the ancillary pieces not everybody is in 5k range that i would normally be targeting uh joe harris deandre jordan jeff green the guys that are getting a lot of minutes they're all in the 5k range so if this team is healthy can't play any of them right there um, and, and bruce brown isn't terrible if one of these guys sits but he only got 26 minutes too, so he needs one of these three guys to sit to um, be looked at for me. Yeah, even then, just even the, the two guys on the floor are going to soak up, you know, close yeah. to 60, 65% usage. So, I mean, unless you, it was just, even at a bargain bin price, I think you can do better just because, you know, there's just no use, usage ceiling on any of these ancillary guys. Maybe Joe Harris a little bit, but. Uh, he would he would need to be cheaper for me to be more interested. Yeah, and and 
I won't have too much exposure going forward to any of the ancillary pieces until they pick up a younger version of DeAndre Jordan where he doesn't need any touches, um, doesn't need any usage. He's just going to gobble up rebounds, play good defense, get some defensive stats, and then get the putbacks or cheap, easy buckets. Uh, DeAndre at this stage and at 5K, no, but if we get someone at around four, around his price tag that is a younger version of him, then I'll definitely give that a look. But until then, I, I don't want too many of these ancillary pieces there as well. Uh, but let's jump on to this this next game. We have the Sixers and Detroit. Again, this is at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We do not have a spread for this one, uh, but we also do not have an injury report because they both played uh, earlier tonight. Uh, we're yep. going to start with the the Sixers in this one. And again, this is something that we have to watch. Uh, I know Embiid just came back, but he's Embiid, and he played a back-to-back earlier. He's played a couple, I believe, back-to-backs already on this season. The last two that they've had, actually, he played. Uh, but it's, again, this is a Joel Embiid that we're talking about, uh, and we don't fully know if he's going to play. If he plays, and this game plays somewhat com- stays somewhat competitive, I mean, he, this is a great matchup for him. But again, I don't know how competitive of a game this will be, and if he does play. Uh, and then maybe they limit him as well. So at 10K, there's too many question marks around Joel Embiid for where I feel so comfortable with him, knowing that we're going to get to two other superstars later on, and, and even after that, multiple superstars after this, to where I feel more confident about. So unfortunately, Joel Embiid, as talented as he is and as great of a matchup as this is, I'm not sure until we get closer to lock and I get more news on the situation if I'm going to have too many shares of him as of right now. And that's the unfortunate thing about doing sometimes early pods. But I do like myself some um, – if, if Seth Curry is playing again and he's back, yeah. I do think he's yeah. in a very, very good matchup here at uh, 5,300. We just mentioned a couple of people on Brooklyn around that price tag. But this guy – the this Pistons give up a ton of three-point shots and a ton of open looks. And uh, I think a lot's going to funnel to a lot of those looks funnel to uh, a healthy Seth Curry. He wasn't injured or anything. He just had uh, he had COVID, but he was I, I believe he was symptom free um, or asymptomatic, as they call it. So he played 27 minutes tonight. He shot six of 10 from the field. I can see a similar workload. And that was his first game back. If he gets back up to 33 or so, um, I think we're, we're we're looking pretty good there. And he's probably going to be the guy that I target most. And maybe give a, a look to Shake Milton as well, uh, if if I get the sense that a lot of people on, on Detroit are um, going to be tired, or uh, they'll probably rest Blake Griffin, they'll probably rest Derrick Rose. This might turn into a sloppy situation. Um, and then Dwight Howard, if Joel Embiid sits 4300, uh, I don't want to play too much of him because I think people are going to see that and think he's just chalk, 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 run to him. So I want to be a little different. On the field, but obviously he'd be in play in that situation for me. Yeah, I think you know that um, this is this is a game. I think on both sides, uh, we'll talk about it with Detroit that uh, because they're both on the second night of the back to back. You know, with Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose on the other side are definite uh, rest candidates as well. But otherwise, if we don't get any news, I'm not. Terribly, I'm not intrigued at all by this game. Both these teams play at a slower pace. They're both decent defensive defensive teams. Um, I think you know that with Seth, Seth Curry, though, with in terms of as a guy 
who's going to be out on the floor, you know he's going to get his shot attempts. And there's just always an inherent ceiling there if he if he's really hitting his shots, uh, his three-point attempts. I mean, you, you saw it the last game. He you know, gets gets up to 41 for just 5,400 price tag on DK. I think there's I think there's just always going to be upside with with Curry and competitive game environments. I don't necessarily think this will be a competitive game environment, so it's potentially not the best spot to use him for cash game builds. But it's definitely worth noting moving forward that if Seth Curry hangs around this price tag, if we can get 33 to 35 guaranteed minutes, and you know, if, and the Sixers get a better pace up competitive matchup, I think he's a guy we he needs to kind of be more in the conversation for cash game in terms of just having a really solid floor overall. Yeah. And I, and I agree with that one as well. Uh, let's jump on over to the Pistons again. There's no line for this game, no injury report. And we'll start with, don't know what to make of Blake Griffin and Derek Rose yet back end of a back to back. We had Blake play 29 minutes. We had Rose play 20 minutes. If one plays, I would say Rose because he didn't have too much of a workload. But again, these are veterans that this team is not. They're three and twelve. They're probably they're looking to trade these guys sooner than rather than later if they can get something. Uh, so I don't know if they'll extend them anyway. But on the back of that, we have Jeremy Grant at 7,800. Uh, he had an underwhelming shooting performance, which he was due to have one. And in this environment, it's it's a tough matchup for him. But if no one plays, he's going to just have so much usage to where his floor is just getting safe now, even if he has an off-shooting night. Um, I won't have too much exposure to him just because I don't like the matchup environment. But uh, if, if if they get blown out, they're still going to play this guy 30-something minutes, and then that means he's just going to play backup. So I won't. he's not going to be officially out of my player pool. He's just not going to be one of my uh, top options at this price right now. But I think he's he's getting to the point where his floor is safe. Uh, even if his ceiling in that in a particular game isn't there, his floor is very safe, especially in, in cash games, if that's what you're looking at. Outside of that, um, not too crazy about anybody. But if Joel Embiid plays, I will have some exposure to Isaiah Stewart. I expect Miles Plumley, um, Mason Plumley, <laughs> went to the brother there. <laughs> one expect, of the Plumleys. <laughs> I expect one of the Plumleys uh, to get into foul trouble. He he did that in this night tonight against the Rockets. I expect if Joel Embiid Bede plays, he gets everybody into foul trouble, making Isaiah Stewart at thirty one hundred a solid fallback option for me. Uh, so that's some guy I'll look at. And Josh Jackson, we have. We're now seeing him under 4K. He still played a good amount of minutes tonight. He played 31. He only made three of eight shots. But at 3,700, he's definitely in my value player pool. So those, I'm looking more value on this team. Yeah, I mean, it's the Sixers is just a team I don't like to target if I can avoid it. Um, I think we will be able to get some value here, though. I would be really shocked if both Blake and Derrick Rose end up playing this game. Uh, so I, I think getting to potentially a Jeremy Grant in cash games, even though I, I think he'll see a lot of Ben Simmons on defense, which is not something I'm excited about mm-hmm. attacking if I can avoid it. Um, Josh Jackson, he feels kind of that tough uh, shooting guard, small forward slot at 3,700. I think that's a really great idea, especially if we get some opened up usage. Uh, but for the most part, unless we get rest news, I'm kind of just avoiding, avoiding this team. Uh, they play too many bodies. Jeremy Grant, 
is kind of the only consistent guy who gets into the mid thirties, upper mid to upper mid thirties in minutes. And while he's continuously paid off this price tag, uh, I just I haven't played him one time, and he's he's kind <laughs> of been a popular popular cash game guy. But just his profile is it's just basically all based on his shot attempts, and he's had amazing efficiency. And I just don't think this is a good efficiency spot for him. Um, you know, if Embiid's in there protecting the rim, if he's he's more than likely going to see Ben Simmons' defense. Uh, you know, I, I think the floor is a, is a lot scarier in this matchup than it normally is than it normally is for him. So I'm going to keep fading. I'm going <laughs> to I might might keep paying for it. You know, he just kind of keeps paying off the, this price tag and being an awesome awesome cash game play. Um, but I'm I'm going to try to look elsewhere if I can. All right, and I like it. And yeah, there is a nice play that we're going to get to uh, the next game in the Pelicans at the Wolves. And oh yeah. There's a nice play, up, a couple nice plays up top because the Wolves can't play any defense. Uh, but we finally have our first spread of the night, and this game start is the last game to start at eight. The next four games that we'll get to start at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, but this spread is the Pelicans are the road favorites at negative six and a half, and the over under is two twenty one and a half. Uh, Aaron, we will start with the Pelicans, the away squad, and we'll start right at the top in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, 7,600 for Zion, 8,100 for Brandon Ingram, similar price to Grant right there, uh, but both in great spots, man. Yeah, I don't understand these Pelicans price tags at all. Like this is kind of the cheapest everyone's been in a long, long time. Uh, and they kind of get the the coolest field, if you will, of NBA basketball <laughs> with you know the Timberwolves. I like, just I like one that. The, I like that. Maybe not quite the coolest because the Kings' defense has been historically bad, but um, just a really good. I think of any good baseball <laughs> offensive baseball park, but uh, this is uh, a pace up spot for the Pelicans. Unfortunately, Stanton Gundy has just slowed this offense down to a crawl, which doesn't make any sense to me with the athletes and just the, the rangy guys they have on this team. It's a guy like Zion that you can put at small ball center, but this is a really good pace up spot for them. They get one of the best context matchups of anybody in the slate and they're all disgustingly cheap for some reason. So I think all five starters, Bledsoe, Ball, Stephen Adams, Zion, and Ingram, are going to be in play in some format. And I think it, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would be surprised if I played less than two of these guys in, in cash game builds. Um, am I too high on this game? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just I don't really understand. And only a you know two twenty seven total is really good. Or I'm sorry. 223 total and it's a relative it's not like a blowout spread or anything towards the pelicans so i don't really know what i'm missing here but i i just want to load up on this team yeah unless you think this is going to be a blowout format to where the pelicans did what the hawks did tonight and just slap them all around from start to finish right uh, they are very good pricing i mean brandon ingram 8100 Zion six seventy six, Lonzo fifty seven. The whole season, the, like the only price tag that I see that is a little higher than normal uh, is Stephen Adams, and he had a great, he had a really good game in the last one, and he didn't blow that price tag out of the water. So I probably won't have as much exposure to him. But I mean, the the, the center position without Towns on Minnesota is their weakest position overall. So right. 
He's still in the player pool. Uh, this whole, like you said, this whole lineup. There, every anybody playing the the Wolves, great spot. And I've said this uh, countless times last season, off season, this season. This is a team that just runs fat, plays fast, and doesn't play defense. Uh, so I like them on offense, and I like them, and when they're <laughs> whoever's going against them on defense. So yeah, I'm gonna have some good amount of exposure to most of these guys here. And if you think it's a blowout format, then maybe you can give. Uh, Josh Hart a look at 47. I won't really go to uh, Alexander Walker because I don't. I think Lonzo plays more minutes this one. I think Bledsoe, as they get more comfortable, play more. But, I mean, everybody in the starting lineup, they're going to have a good good amount of run, and they just lost a couple games to the Jazz. Um, so they need to get a W back on the board, and I think Stan Van Gundy is going to play these guys over 30 minutes, even if the score turns into about 15 to 17 point difference for the most part. So I'm going to have a lot of exposure here as well. Yeah. And kind of to expand on that point a little bit, the the Wolves are ninth in pace and 27th in defensive rating this season. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, th- I think you load up on this team. They're all way too cheap. Uh, we just saw Clint Capella, who's kind of a similar type center to Steven Adams. Uh, he put up eight stocks against them, 18 rebounds. So, you know, e- even though Adams isn't a guy we really look for a ceiling, you know, th- I think, again, beating up Nas Reed and Ed Davis at the center position. Um, yeah, he, he – Capella actually had – in this last one that just uh, finished, he had a triple-double with 10 blocks. <laughs> yeah. 19 rebounds, 10 blocks, a steal. So, I mean – and we just—I just mentioned Grant, who has a pretty safe floor. Uh, if you're strictly upside and and a good floor, I mean, floor maybe not so much if you think it's a blowout, but upside of Ingram and Zion at the, nearly the same price—that's uh, where I would go easily. Yeah, in, in this environment, easily. Um, but let's jump on over to the the Wolves, man. And we again, we don't have towns for this one. We're not exactly sure when he'll come back. It all depends on when he cleared. He had he caught. Uh, COVID, so we'll see when he clears that. I would assume in another week or so. I believe he missed uh, well, a, a little over a week, so he's probably going to be a, around a week or so until he gets back. And then we got to see where his mindset is, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. Uh, we have D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, Jared Vanderbilt, um, Ricky Rubio. Is there anyone that you can play in this matchup knowing that the Pelicans, for some reason, like you mentioned, they're playing a lot slower than normal, even though they don't have shooters? But they have a lot of athletes who, who can and should be running the floor. Alonzo Ball plays his best ball, no pun intended, when he's running the floor. <laughs> so does Eric Bledsoe. He did that in Phoenix. He did that in Milwaukee. Uh, Brandon Ingram plays better when he's running. Zion is just a freak, and I would rather <laughs> I want him on fast breaks. So with all that, w- w- I don't know exactly what he's doing, but um, is there anybody that you can play knowing how the Pelicans play and that this might be a potential letdown spot after they just got – they just put up uh, a dud against the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, it's the Timberwolves prices are like weirdly the opposite of the Pelicans, where all these guys are just way too expensive, in my opinion. For they're they're kind of all just priced up for their role without without towns on the floor, and I just don't really want to go here um, with any of these guys. Like, I'd rather they're all kind of similar price tags to the Pelicans. And I just rather play the Pelicans at these same tags. Uh, the one guy who does intrigue me, who I think is actually just a really interesting, interesting potential player is, uh, Vanderb- Jared Vanderbilt at 4,700. 
Uh, he continues to just play well. Like I think he's showing he's showing monster defensive uh, defensive upside, and he's been a guy so far with Towns off the floor, who's shown he can be a really great fantasy point per minute guy. You know, he's at one point one five fantasy points per minute with only a fourteen point five percent usage rate. So that that just kind of shows you he's getting it done without really getting any shots. I think there's I think there's some real intrigue there. I think um, that the Timberwolves want to develop him, and maybe he's a guy that can uh, put long term next to Cat at that spot. And he's starting to get a little more consistent run too. You know, he had 27 minutes, uh, 27 minutes against Atlanta today. Um, he had 29 minutes against the other Atlanta game, 18 against Orlando. Uh, if he's in these mid 20s range, I think there's just really, even at a, an elevated tag, forty seven hundred, I think he can still really pay this pay this price tag off. Yeah, for me, uh, I think he's just a little ex- more expensive than I would like him. So I'm not going to have. I, I I do like him as a player, and I think he can carve out a long term role, um, especially if he can take out Wancho for the the starting job moving forward when Towns comes back. I think there'll be a pretty solid front court tandem. Uh, but I think that's just a little higher than I want to to pay in this matchup. And like you mentioned, I think all of these guys are a little priced up to where I don't want to pay in this matchup. Uh, maybe if this does turn into a garbage time, a lot of garbage time stats will pay off these price tags. But there's not much here. I think there's a lot more value around the card to where I want to play uh, too many of these guys at these price tags. If people start missing, obviously things change. But right now I'm not – I'm going to – not play. I'm going to play against the Wolves, but I'm not going to play many of the Wolves. I right. just think the price tags are a little. They turn me off a little bit. Yep, agreed. <laughs> of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right before we get into these nine o'clock games, I do want to shout out our guys over at Manscaped. Um, so the support for for hoop ball comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers preci- precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, just so everybody knows, Manscaped does have a new refined cologne. Uh, it is called, and it, it is big news, and I always mess this this name up, but uh, <clears throat> they have this in the, it's called the refined Manscaped Refined Cologne. Uh, it's in the Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including the Lawnmower 3.0, uh, trimmer, and crop formulations. Um, but... The Manscaped cologne is in a new set. It's a signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, and this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Uh, it's light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Uh, it's calming, inviting, and the signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50-milliliter spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, Die free, paraben free, and 100% vegan. So get 20% off right now and free shipping with the hoop the promo code hoopball20. That's H O O P B A L L two zero at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code hoopball20. So look good, smell good, feel get feel good with Manscaped. Um, and man, let's get into this next one. We have. We have a spread for this one. Ding, 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 ding. So we we have three spreads in the four nine o'clock games and just one in the 
three eight o'clock games. But we have the Lakers as again we have another road favorite in the Lakers uh, of minus nine and a spread of two twenty seven, and they are playing in Chicago against the Bulls. Uh, but we have we'll start with the the home team or the the away team in this one. Oh no, we have an injury report. Forgot that we even have injury reports because most of these teams are on back-to-backs, but the <laughs> Lakers are not one of them. Uh, for this, we have LeBron James questionable, Anthony Davis probable. Shocker on, on both of those. What a surprise. That <laughs> I was about to say, what a surprise. Huh? <laughs> so shocked that they're on the injury report. Um, but then we have Costos, Antetokounmpo. Uh, Costos, can, I, can, I can't say that last name. <laughs> Antetokounmpo. Kon- Kumpo. No, oh, geez, it's so long. Um, but he's oh, now out. You're, now you're making me mess up. Um but and Jared Dudley is also out for this one. Um and then we have LeBron at ninety four hundred, A D at ninety three. I'll start with, with the Lakers on this one. I loved LeBron in the last game. I wrote about it, I talked about it. It was a get up game, it was a get right game. They just lost a a big they let a big letdown comeback from the Warriors. This is not that same type of game. Uh, this is not the Milwaukee Bucks. The Chicago Bulls are playing really well and they're playing good, uh, but this is not that type of same environment. I'm not going to be playing LeBron at 9400. I might have a few shares of Anthony Davis, knowing that Wendell Carter Jr. is doubtful for this one. Uh, that's not on the official injury report, but it's he's he's listed. He was listed as doubtful. He missed Friday's game. So I might have a few more shares of him, knowing that they like to play Markin in a lot at the five. He is, if Anthony Davis goes up against him, whether it's the four or five, it's a very good matchup. But again, this isn't as going to be a a game where they need to get up for, and it's only January, so I won't have too much exposure to him there. Um, quite honestly, I'm not gonna. I'm not sure if I really want too much exposure to any of these Lakers outside of if yeah. someone misses, just because. This is a game where they should handily win, uh, and the usage is going to go around. LeBron James doesn't need to insert him, assert himself. Anthony Davis doesn't need to assert himself. Uh, Kyle Kuzma might have a, a pretty solid game here, but he's at 5,200 to where I need this to be a blowout pretty much for him to pay off. Uh, I don't want that. Don't really need Hero at his price tag or Schroeder. Uh, there's just not too much here to where I like. Maybe I'll look at KCP, but if it turns into a blowout, you probably won't play that much either. So yeah, um, outside of the the only person that I may on, on the outside of the two big guys look at is Taylor Horton Tucker, just because a blowout scenario is where this guy thrives because he finally gets his minutes and he can score. And if he's getting 15 to 20 minutes in a blowout scenario, he could put up 20 to 25 DK points with even some slight upside on that. So I might look at him as a bargain bin, but I did say a couple people earlier at 3K that I, I like and feel more confident in. So I'm, for the most part, I'm fading the Lakers in this one. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think we can go on to the Bulls. Um, <laughs> Le- Le- like LeBron it. and Davis, are they're, they're pretty easy to identify for most slates. You know, in games, you think it's going to be competitive and they're going to get full run. Uh, I think they're great plays usually, especially at these price tags, ninety four and ninety three hundred. But they're they're just going to look for every opportunity they can to limit these guys' minutes and keep them as fresh as possible for the playoffs. And this is just the Bulls on the second night of a back to back. The Lakers are have one of the best defenses, or if not the best defense this season in basketball. Um, you know, this kind of smells like a blowout spot and a real letdown spot for the Bulls. 
So it, it wouldn't surprise me to see both guys, you know, maybe 30, 31, 31 minutes. And I think we can spend our money better on this league. Yeah, agreed. And like you said, if this was playoff basketball at 94 and 9,300, it'd be all over LeBron and AD. But yep. it's January basketball against a team that they should beat up. Uh, but yeah, let's jump on over to the Bulls. I like that. And we have Zach Levine in the similar territory at 9,200. This, that's a that's a hefty price tag, and he's been playing really well. Last couple games, not as well. Um but tonight he he bounced back as uh, in in the front end of the back to back. But at ninety two, uh, that's that's still a little bit too high in this matchup against the Lakers, who can it just knocked or locked down on anybody if they need to, and they were probably going to put a lot of attention on Zach Levine, knowing that he's probably the one guy that'll beat him. Uh, Laurie Markkinen at sixty four, I like that price tag, but knowing that most of that time is going to be going against Anthony Davis, I will. Gladly pass on that one. Um, Kobe White had a pretty good game tonight. He's facilitating a little bit more, but at 7,200, I think we have better value. For the most part, I think we do have better value. Uh, I, I do like a lot of these Bulls guys, but I think we have some better value out there that I don't want to overexpose myself to a Bulls squad. Uh, that yeah, um, I would have liked Wendell Carter Jr. if he plays at 5,900, but coming into the game doubtful even if he does play i don't think he plays a ton of minutes so i won't have too much exposure there uh, if you want you can go back to the well with daniel gafford at 3200 but just know and this is what i was trying to say earlier um on the friday slate they like to play marketing when they can at the five they're playing thad young at the five as well uh, so yeah. you can't pencil gafford in for 30 plus minutes here uh, but in this type of environment he might he should see more than the the minutes that he played on Friday night. So I don't mind him bringing back value at 3200, especially if this does turn ugly. Then they're not going to overextend their starters and and Gafford can get more minutes that way too. So I think he's much I think he's better in this game than he was in the last game at 3200. Probably get my most the most of my attention on uh of this group and I would have liked Patrick Williams if he was still in the four four and a half K range, but five three I, I would rather go somewhere else. Yeah, I think um, I was I was going to bring up the Gafford, uh, Lori, um, just kind of minutes breakdown, just where they they kind of have all these like really rangy three you know three four flex swings with Williams, Porter, and Thad, who can all just really take take those minutes if they need to, and they can put Lori at the five. But with the Lakers playing as big as they do, where uh, Montrez and Gasol take a ton of the time at the center position and um, Davis takes most of his minutes at the four, you know, I think you do need a little bit more size than you do against the, the Hornets who, you know, they play a lot of uh, Biombo, who's, who's a smaller center. Zeller isn't an a, a, a enormously big guy. My, my guy, PJ Washington, they play at the five a little bit. Um, so I think Gafford could get extended a little more than he did in the, than in the Hornets matchup, and I feel relatively confident if this is a blowout that Gafford would be on the floor. Uh, so I think you do get some blowout protection with Gafford. Um, so I think I'm a little higher on him than you are, but outside of that, all these all the rest of these guys are just overpriced. Like I, I cannot imagine worse context against the Lakers defense second out of a back to back. All the starters played big minutes tonight against the Hornets. Um, so outside of Gafford value, 
at 3,200, I'm, I'm just I'm going to look elsewhere. Yeah, he only played 19 minutes in this game tonight, so I do expect minutes in the 25 to 27 type range. Uh, but oh yeah, I'm all in. If if you Mark, promised me 25 Daniel Gafford minutes, oh yeah, let's get it. And it's a cheap value, but uh, Markkinen is seven feet tall, so it's not like they're if they do put him at the five that they're downsizing. He's a slimmer seven feet, but right, uh, right. he's still. I don't think they'll play him too much against Marcus Al, but Marcus Al doesn't play a ton of minutes, and him against Montreza or Hero, he still has a couple inches on him, so I don't think that's too much of a downsize. And I don't know how much they extend AD, so that's where the uh, slight hesitation comes in. But 3200 is a price tag that not <laughs> you don't really lose much playing him. Right. But, yeah, let's get on to this next game. And we don't have a um, over-under for this one, too. These are We're back to two teams playing on the back end of a back-to-back. We don't have an injury report as well. This is the Houston Rockets at the Dallas Mavericks. This one's also at 9 p.m. Eastern. And let's start with Houston. Uh, we know that John Wall is going to be out for a couple more games. Christian Wood did not play on Friday. We don't, we're don't. we not 100% sure what's going to happen. I can't imagine Kevin Porter Jr. is going to debut so quickly after a trade. Uh, Daniel House is still out, uh, but he might be back. He was waiting on the protocols, but he might be back for Saturday. Um so we have some stuff up in the air with, with the Rockets side and on the Dallas side. Uh, we don't have much. We might have Porzingis sit on the back-to-back. We know um, Josh Richardson and uh, Maxi Kleba are still in the protocol. Finney Smith and Dwight Powell are going to miss more time. Uh, so we have not we have a lot of stuff to sort through. But let's start with the Rockets, man. How are you feeling with this team uh, if Christian Wood is in or if Christian Wood is out? So if Christian Wood is out, um, unfortunately, I, ho- I hope he's in just so we don't have 98% owned DeMarcus Cousins <laughs> again. And, oh, uh, yeah, speaking of that, on the back end of a back-to-back, maybe they don't play Cousins, or maybe they have to if Christian Wood doesn't play. So there's right. a lot of stuff to sort through. I mean, there, we do have reports that Wood is very doubtful for Saturday's game against the Mavericks. Uh, so it doesn't, re- doesn't sound like he's going to play. Um, and it was kind of good. it was good to see Boogie. He got up to thirty three minutes tonight. You know that's I think that's the most minutes he's played in a long, long time. Um, only two for sixteen shooting, but still thirty six fantasy points. So it's just like, I mean, that's just kind of classic like Sacramento Demarcus Cousins type usage there. Um, and if it's kind of this, if it's the same context as we had tonight, I think you go right back to the well. Uh, I'm just going to assume Christian Wood is out just based on that report of him being very doubtful. Um, so DeMarcus Cousins is just a lock again at 5,100. You know, maybe he'll only be 90% owned after the two for 16 ga- shooting game. You just kind of take that. Uh, I did and play, end up playing jump. Jish, a price jump, right? <laughs> uh, not nearly enough. Unfortunately, I did no. play Jay Sean Tate today and I, Got kind of lucky with the six blocks and steals. Um, kind of after we talked about him, where he had those two really nice assist games. He's uh, since Oladipo and Eric Gordon and everyone's came back. He's kind of fallen back into that just kind of solid three and D. You know, he makes the right play, takes efficient shots, sort of player. So while I do think the minutes are relatively secure in the mid thirties, five get five K is getting really 
up there for him, I think, yeah. in this current role with all their usage guys. So I likely won't go back to the well for Tate. Uh, Eric Gordon at 6K, again, he's, his role just kind of never changes. It doesn't really matter what who what who's in or who he's playing with you know he's gonna get 15 to 20 shots if he hits his shots he'll probably do fairly decent uh for his price tag but he just i don't think he has a ceiling just doesn't do anything else other than uh shoot threes and take a ton of shots um you know tonight perfect example he had uh 20 points 20 real life points and then 25 fantasy points um that's just kind of what what he does so i'll look elsewhere and then Oladipo, kind of the interesting thing here was if Christian Wood does end up coming coming back, I think Oladipo becomes one of the best plays on the slate. And his first two games uh, with Christian Wood and no Boogie Cousins, everything just ran through Oladipo. He was doing all the playmaking. He was taking a bunch of shots. Uh, just the whole offense, I, I think he was somewhere up to like a 40% usage rate, uh, which is just insane. You know, that's uh, the highest in his career was like, I think like thirty percent for for one year in Indi- in Indiana, something something along those lines. Um, but tonight kind of showed just what a big usage black hole that Boogie Cousins is, where you know the offense runs through him, it doesn't run through Oladipo anymore. And I think I think a lot of people ended up missing that tonight. You know, he didn't have a great shooting game again, only four for sixteen shooting, which contributed to the bust, the Oladipo bust, but. If it's the same context, again, um, I really do like the, the matchup against Dallas, but I think I would ra- just rather play the Pelicans guys over Oladipo at you know a s- similar price tag, um, especially if uh, we know Boogie Cousins is going to play again, and I think it's going to be a very similar setup where the offense runs through him and Oladipo kind of takes a bit of a backseat. And. Um, Oladipo is definitely someone we have to monitor. Also, out of back to back, that I didn't. Yeah, mention. that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so we might there might be a ton of value by the time that we look at this game opening up. Uh, maybe Jay Sean Tate at five K is a rock solid price tag for him. Yeah, because there's no Oladipo, there's no Christian Wood. So maybe six K for Eric Gordon is a rock solid price tag because if there's no Oladipo, he's probably going to be uh, the main ball handler. In the backcourt, and that's that's something that we'll have to look at. Maybe the, a guy like Mason Jones starts again. Uh, so much variable, so many variables on this Houston team on the back end of a back to back that are going to change what my whole perspective perspective on this team um, going into the game tomorrow. So uh, right now, no, if Christian Wood doesn't, I think Oladipo is a solid play. He still had sixteen shots. I know. Cousins did take a ton of the usage, but um, I think this is just a good matchup for him, whether Luca or mini Jalen Brunson is on him. I think that's a good yeah. matchup for him. But again, I don't know if he's going to even play. Uh, to me, I don't even... There's so many scenarios to where I can throw people out there that I don't know if it's even worth it um, because I'll have to see this extensive injury report with so many people that are very fragile in this uh, on this Houston team on right. whether they can play a back-to-back or not. Like, if Cousins doesn't play, uh, Jayshon Tate might start at power forward, Tucker at center. Uh, if Oladipo doesn't play, there's a couple options there. If ne- both of them don't play and Christian Wood doesn't play and no John Wall, we're back to where we were a couple days ago that 
there is a tub. Sterling Brown, Ben McLemore, Mason Jones, like a couple of these guys we can all look at lower. David Nwaba is still starting for some reason. Uh, I think there's so many variables here that Discord tomorrow is going to be crucial for this this team, and I think you said most of that perfectly on, on the Rockets. So I think we should just jump right into the, the Mavs side of the ball and say uh, they have some people. I don't know if Jason or Josh Richardson is going to play this one. Um, he's more questionable because he, he might pass it. I know Finney Smith, Powell are out. Kleba might play. Porzingis, don't know about it because it's another back-to-back. He played in the last one, but I, I don't know if he'll do this one. So, man, what, what do you got for the, the Mavs side of the ball? I mean, Luca is just I, – I guess Luca, right? I mean, you just yeah. – every slate, he's – even in slates you don't think you can afford value, you have to – I think most slates I start with, okay, can I fit Luca into a team and what, what value plays uh, do I fit around him? Just even without um, – or with Kristaps uh, kind of playing big minutes again, you, you saw another ceiling game tonight where uh, I think he might have just missed the triple-double. I'm not sure if he got just it. Just exactly. missed it, yeah. Um, but, unless they you know, change like, it later. But, you know, another 36. Yeah, 36 points, 11 assists, 9, nine rebound game. And kind of the way the Mavericks are set up is their offense is extraordinarily good, but they don't really have a great defense whatsoever. So a lot of teams are going to be able to really fight back against them. And everything is just so condensed with Luka that, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of James Harden a couple of years ago, where it's it just most of the shot volume, pretty much all the playmaking, everything just resides with Luka. And even in a game uh, against the Pacers, where they were actively scheming the ball out of his hands, like they, they were sending the trap at half court and forcing him to pass out of the half court, and then they played three on four defense. You know, he's still got a triple-double, you know, just a casual 13, 12, and 12 um, in, in 38 minutes against the Patriots on the 20th. It's just like, that's, to me, that's just his floor in general, where, like, I I don't think there's anyone else, maybe Jokic is the only other guy, where when you play him, you feel confident you're going to get 50 fantasy points. So, and we love that for cash games. You know, we don't necessarily care about the ceiling uh, as much uh, in tournaments. But, yeah, I think this is a awesome, awesome matchup, especially if you have Boogie Cousins protecting the rim, who will, will not be able to stay with Luka in the pick-and-roll. Um, you might see a little blowout risk, but I don't think so. Both these teams are in the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, yeah, I... I, I not entirely sure if we can fit the value in with Luca, uh, with Luca yet, but I'm certainly going to try try to get him in there. Yeah, and I think you have to. Uh, whether the Rockets are at somewhat full fuller strength or, or stronger, and they're not going to be at full strength, but whether they're stronger or weaker, this shouldn't be a blowout type of scenario. The Rockets have proven since James Harden left that they're fighters. Whether it's their backups, backups, or their starters or somewhere in between that they're they're going to play hard and uh give you all they got so i don't think this is going to be a blowout scenario and whether porzingis plays or doesn't play i i'm going to try and get luca into as many lineups as possible there's no one on the other team that can guard him uh, oladipo is a pretty good defender but i don't even know if he i mean on the back end of a back-to-back i don't know how much energy he's going to exert on the defensive end and 
even if he is, I mean, Luca's a triple double threat every night. This is a fantastic matchup. Uh, on, we're, we're getting a slight discount under 11k. I know that yeah. that's just this is a jab still, but um, yeah, there's he's the safest option as usual, or he's the safest option at the top of this game. I know we have another superstar in the next game that's a triple double, averaging a triple double, but that's a, a worse matchup and a matchup that against a really good defensive team that likes to slow the ball down. This is right. the complete opposite. Uh, so I'm I'm with you on Luca, and there's I want to get more Mavs exposure because it's a great matchup, but there's really not much value to be. Everybody's getting that price bump, knowing that right. there's a lot of pieces missing, as as we've been saying and as you've been saying in other matchups. So I can't fully target them. Yeah, they can bring back value, but I can't fully target them. Uh, Jalen Brunson would have been some guy I would look at. 48 it's kind of teetering on to he has to have a really good game to bring back value so uh i'm pretty much on the luca or bust bandwagon in this game um may, yeah, maybe I, tim I hardaway so. actually because uh, he he does get hot in a, in a minute but he doesn't do much else outside that but yeah i'm going back to the the luca or bust but even there, it's like I can play Tim Hardaway or I can play Lonzo Ball or Eric Bledsoe in the the matchup yeah. against the Timberwolves, you know, without the presence of a Luka Doncic taking all the usage. Yeah, so there's a lot of options in that 5K range. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, man. Let's go to the the next game of the night. We have a rematch that's currently playing as we're talking. It's in the late in the game, but we have Denver against phoenix at 9 p.m we don't have a spread for this one they are we do have a spread weirdly uh the suns are two and a half point home favorites and the over under is 219 some for some reason uh, they, they are playing on the second night of a back-to-back in an exact rematch against each other so that's going to be very interesting uh, but we have um I'm trying to see which who who started the last one for a second, <laughs> uh, but we have the Nuggets uh, with Nikola Jokic at ten eight, and then Jamal Murray at six seven. I'll I'll jump in with this one because you did start the last one as I just looked over quickly. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is as I mentioned. Uh, I like I love Jokic. He's been awesome this year, but Luca is the same price and he's much safer, much much safer in a much more friendly matchup in a much paced up matchup against a, a defense that is not one of the best in the league right now. Uh, it's quite the opposite. So I'm not going to have too many Nikola Jokic shears. I think we mentioned a few centers that are pretty good in that price uh, in lower pricing, but this is, I just don't like playing people against Phoenix too much. And I don't like playing people on Phoenix too much lately because it's just so uh, we're seeing eight and play better, but we're not seeing everybody else get their ceiling games per se. So I'm not going to have too much exposure to Jokic knowing that Luka is $100 cheaper and in a smash bot. Um, Jamal Murray, 67 That's a suppressed price tag there. So maybe I would give him some looks. But again, it's just this matchup. I don't really want too much Nuggets exposure. If I will go to Nuggets exposure, I think that's a, a solid price tag to take. Uh, we have Michael Porter Jr. who's back. He, he's played tonight he barely played so far uh, we are in the fourth or late late third early fourth ish uh, he barely touched the floor so 6500 can't do that yeah for me i i think this is going to be another competitive game even though uh lower scoring game and if i don't go murray i'm not going anybody on this team 
Yeah, uh, you nailed it. Um, I think Jokic is an awesome, awesome tournament play. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to make an extra um, lineup for this slate and just build it around Jokic, where I think he's going to get largely ignored, and there's, I think there's just too much upside ceiling if Jokic is only going to be like 5% or something along those lines. But outside of that, it's like these are two pretty good teams. It's a competitive game environment. Uh, neither team plays all that fast. They play a little bit outside of um, the Suns. They they really spread the ball around. There's not really uh, anyone with a decent ceiling on that team. The Nuggets are so condensed with Jokic, but you also you're also bringing in Porter Jr., who kind of messes. Uh, with the usage profile of a lot of these guys as well. He even eats into Jokic probably just a little bit too. Um, yeah, it's just not an exciting spot to attack with everyone's kind of priced up. And kind of we, we keep going back to it, but um, just these priced, especially on, on the Nuggets, he's priced at 6,700, 65, 57. You can get most of the Pelicans guys for uh, very, very similar price tags and just a way better game context. So, I think that's just good advice overall when you're uh, when you're building your rosters and you're looking at different guys. Kind of kind of use that as a really good tiebreaker. It's you know if, if you're looking at these guys and you're like, oh, I can pay sixty seven hundred for Jamal Murray, or I can get a little paley a little bit more expensive for you know Zion Williamson um, for just nine hundred dollars more against the Minnesota defense. And just a way in a pace up matchup for the Pelicans, or I can save money with Bledsoe or Ball in in the same matchup. So uh, really, I, I think that's just a good kind of evergreen idea of if you're stuck on a certain two v two or one v one. What I like to do is just look into game context and look at different pace pace matchup, and if there's a really good increase in pace. Uh, for the game context, or it's a really bad defensive team versus p- playing a guy against a really good defensive team. I think that stuff really matters. So um, I'm going to operate in that way for this slate and just say, hey, I'm going to play Jokic in tournaments and kind of avoid everyone else. All right, man. We're going to jump on over to the Phoenix Sun side. Uh, so on the back of the pace for these guys, both of these teams are in the bottom five in pace. Yep. The- Suns are third from last. The uh, Nuggets are fifth from last in pace. Uh, on the defensive side, the Nuggets are a pretty bad defensive team right now. They are bottom half, bottom third of the league. I think they're uh, seventh worst in the league, and the Suns are tenth. So uh, that, yeah. if I'm going to attack one of the teams, I would have more Suns exposure. Uh, Devin Booker hasn't been great. This is a, this is a good matchup for him, though, in, in terms of – not many people on the, the Nuggets side can go out, um, guard him uh, at seventy five hundred. I think he's he can bring back some solid value for you. But I do think there are other options out there that I like a little bit better, have a higher ceiling in this one. Uh, knowing that Chris Paul is also who's also in a pretty solid matchup uh, handles the majority of the playmaking skills or majority of the playmaking responsibility on this team. Booker doesn't do that this uh, assist that he had the last couple of years, and that's something that I was very weary coming into the season of he never played with a point guard of Chris Paul's caliber or even close to Chris Paul's caliber. They wanted to bring in a point guard. We, I expected a drop off like uh, in, in the playmaking responsibility. 
and it's even bigger than I thought would yep. uh, is possible. So that's something that curbs his ceiling to me. So if you're going for a ceiling, I'm not going to really play him or either of those guys. Uh, DeAndre Ayton going against Jokic. Jokic's not a great defender, uh, but he's going to take him away from the rim as much as possible, on the, especially on the defensive end, make him exert a lot more energy than he's normally used to against other centers. Uh, so I'm not going to target him too much there either at being now the highest price guy. Uh, I will give some Michael Bridges at 54 a little bit of a, a look and Cam Johnson at 44 some looks. Uh, but outside of them, I'm not too high on just this matchup in general. Uh, it's just yeah, something I, that, yeah, uh, go ahead, man. Yeah, um, I think you made a great point on Devin Booker where uh, he's just not close to the same guy we've been used to where his playmaking opportunities have just been absolutely demolished by uh, the emergence of Chris Paul. And kind of to highlight that, you know, the last two years he had a 34% usage rate, a 30% usage rate last year during his all-star season. And it's all the way down to a 19% assist rate this year. So he's, that was kind of what was carrying uh, his, his ceiling, his ceiling ability was he was kind of, he was the lead, pretty much the lead playmaker um, uh, for the Suns when he was on the floor, and he was getting these big, massive, massive uh, minutes minutes workload. So you 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 had, and now you you're downgrading him to kind of just a more scorer role, I would say, and where Chris Paul is doing most of the, most of the playmaking, um, and that, that's just kind of what hurts this team in general is you just don't have a guy where you feel confident um, in a really capable floor or ceiling. Um, and yeah, I'm just not, I think Mikhail Bridges is always at this price tag. 5,400 is a pretty intriguing uh, idea because I think his minutes are the most safe and he, he can really contribute in blocks and steals. And his shooting has been incredible this year. He's been a real revelation uh, offensively for them. Um, and it's a little more of a difficult position at small forward to fill. So he would probably be the one guy I would look towards uh, on this Phoenix team. But, you know, the, the three stud guys are just kind of like, yeah. okay, I can rely on <laughs> 35 to 36 fantasy points, but I don't know if I'm ever really getting 50 or if I can depend on a ceiling performance from any of them. Exactly. And, and that's how I've been approaching it. Uh, yep. You'll, you'll have the outliers here and there, but because they are super talented, but I, that to trust it on a, for the most part is, is just not there for me either. Um, but yeah, let's jump into this last game where we have another, I believe we have our last over under, we have our last spread and we have another, uh, team that's on the um, injury report. We have two of them, actually. Uh, so we have the Golden State Warriors at the Utah Jazz. This is our last game of the night. The spread is the Jazz are seven-point home favorites off of a, on a seven-game win streak right now. Uh, and the over-under is 223. Uh, so on the injury report, we have the same three people for the Warriors. They're not going to be playing anytime soon. Marquise Chris, Clay Thompson, Alan Smeljic. Uh, they're all out, and the Jazz, we have a familiar face. He's getting the AD treatment and LeBron treatment. Derek Favors is probable, <laughs> and Elijah hey, Hughes yeah. is out. So he's he's been a staple as a probable uh, person on the official injury report. But we'll start with the Warriors on this side, and we have another superstar at 9,500. Uh, 
but where where are you feeling on this this warrior squad and where I think we have the majority of the news that we need. I don't think there's going to be any late breaking news. De- um, Draymond had that second technical, which was kind of stupid, rescinded. So he's not looking at a suspension or anything uh, mm-hmm. on that side. On, on Utah, if Favors is the only one that continues to be a question mark if he's playing, but all, they just keep listing him as probable. So there's not, there's really nothing to go out that should change on this one. Yeah. Uh, I think this is actually a, a decent matchup for Steph just because a lot of his production comes off shooting and not really getting to the rim all, all that often and where Rudy Gobert obviously excels and um, kind of the way you, you beat Rudy Gobert is you force him away from the basket and force him to defend, defend against you on the perimeter. So I think that matches up pretty well with Steph's uh, shooting skill set, but I've, I've actually been on uh, Steph quite a bit this season uh, for my cash builds, and uh, it's been kind of a, it's been really disappointing for the most part. Uh, he's just been a little too scoring reliant. Uh, if his shot is off, he just has a scary low floor for a guy who's priced in the mid nine nine to ten k for most of the season. And you know, you kind of saw that against uh, his last performance with the Knicks. He scored thirty real life points, which is great but he still only had 44 fantasy points. Um, and I obviously if he goes for, you know, the 40, the 45 point game, you know, he's, he's going to pay off the tag, but I think we can spend money a little better than Steph in cash games. Uh, I think I would rather just spend the extra 1200 and pay for Luca and make a sacrifice elsewhere. than go down to Steph at 9,500. Um, James Wiseman has been getting a little more consistent run. Uh, but I cannot imagine a worse matchup for the young 19-year-old big against Rudy Gobert, and I, I just think he just ends up getting swallowed. And we'll talk about Rudy when we get to Utah, uh, but I'll be out on Wiseman. He's, this is his most expensive price tag or that he's been for, looks like, eight games or so. So he, he's really getting up there, and he, he's a guy that just not really looking to extend, I don't think. You know, I... I don't think he's played 30 minutes yet this season. And I, I kind of foresee some real issues going against Rudy Gobert. And outside of that, I don't... Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre are guys I'm not ever really all that interested in uh, for cash game builds especially. And then Draymond is... Again, he's a little up and... He's a little just too up and down for my taste. Um, the fact that he's just not shooting the ball. And... Even in his prime, when you relied on all the ancillary stats, you, you could still rely on, you know, maybe 10, 10, 11, 12 shots from Draymond, and he's just not getting there. Um, it's kind of like the Robert Covington syndrome, where, you know, he's awesome defensively. He does a lot of things great, good for you on the court, but if he's not shooting the ball, it's, it's just tough for him to have a really good floor ceiling combination. So I'm fine with Steph in tournaments, um, just because I think contextually it's a pretty decent matchup. But for cash games, I'm going to be looking elsewhere than this team. Yeah, and I think I think Steph's a fine uh, tournament play too. I'd rather have Luca if I can afford it. Obviously, I'd try and pay up there. Uh, and if one of the Nets guys missed, I'd rather pay up for a Durant or Harden or pay down for. Uh, and actually, I would rather have him more than Kyrie, even if one missed, because there's just there's more 
Curry has more work to do than just scoring uh, a little bit than, than Kyrie. Uh, but I do prefer him to the Lakers guys. Uh, Embiid's there. We we don't know exactly what happened to him. But I think Curry makes for a fine option. He's been very, very under-owned all year in tournaments or cash games. I'm not sure why. Now, he's been on a, He's been awesome. He's averaging nearly 48 fantasy points per game. But he's always he's always lower owned than all the other stars. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not. It, it's a weird syndrome. And I think I think what you mentioned about Draymond Green is pretty funny. Uh, he he did take more shots back in the day. In the last year, the last two years, even last year, he more so turned into the. Everybody says oh, how important he is. He's a great defender. He does more than shoot. And I think he he himself even bought into that more so to where he doesn't he doesn't even want to shoot now. Um, yeah, but he would have been he would have brought back value last game if he was on pace for nearly thirty fantasy points uh, or DraftKings points if he didn't get knocked out in the first half. So I mean, right. there, there's still a little bit there, but I think we have a few better five k options in, in much better game environments. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to have too much exposure to this Warrior team, the Jazz. The Jazz are a capable defense to where they don't play fast. They're one of the top defenses in the league. And none of these guys I can really trust at their current price tags. I like James last one. He just jumped up uh, $800. And now, as you mentioned, he's going against Rudy Gobert. Not ideal for a guy who might not even play. In the, He played 25 minutes back-to-back. He's played over 25 in, the last, in four of the last five. But he might not see that in this one. Uh, he sh- he's gonna. They're gonna play him as much as they can to combat Gobert, but he might get himself into foul trouble or stupid mistakes. So I'm not gonna have too much exposure to this this Warriors team. I just think the pricing is solid all around for this matchup environment, uh, and, and I'm ready to go straight to the Jazz if you are. Yep, let's do it. All right, man. So uh, who are you feeling on the Jazz? We saw Donovan Mitchell have back to back really good games. Rudy Gobert uh, bringing back value. The, the last two times around, the second one was just over value, but he's still he's still been pretty good, and this is a good good matchup for him. Uh, we have Clarkson looking like he's the better play of him and Bogdanovich. Uh, Mike Conley had himself a, a really good bounce back in the last one. Uh, but where where are you looking here? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about uh, Rudy Gobert at 7,300. Um, this the the Warriors don't have anyone who can keep him off the glass. I don't think um, mentioned it with Wiseman, but you know, this is kind of a like a, the, the wily veteran, two-time defensive MVP just just really schools the young rookie type of scenario. And seventy-three hundred, I think he can really just dominate this price tag. Uh, I think just his rebounding upside should be tremendous. Uh, I think his stocks upside is tremendous, and uh, it's a very reasonable tag at just only seventy-three hundred. So. I'm looking to get him in uh, as kind of a core cash game play. Uh, he's going to project really well. I think he'll be one of the better uh, projected players on this slate. And, um, yeah, so I'm really into Rudy Gobert. Everyone else, uh, Donovan Mitchell, 7,800. Uh, yeah, it's a good tag. It's great. I really like the matchup. But uh, for cash games, we gotta we got to find a ways to cut salary a little bit. You know, if we're trying to get Luka and potentially the Nets guys and – couple of these other mid 7k players um he's just not there for me you know in more balanced builds um i could i could definitely see mitchell in this matchup but 
I think I would rather play Rudy Gobert. I'd rather play the Pel- the Pelicans guys for cash game builds. Uh, and the ancillary pieces are all good, not great. And unfortunately, they're all a little bit too expensive for my liking. Um, they're kind of priced to perfection, in my opinion. So um, Rudy Gobert is going to be someone I'm going to be looking to get in. And then everyone else, I think, is good, are pretty solid tournament plays, uh, especially in more balanced builds if you if you want to fade the, stud, the studs. But yeah, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, and uh, the Warriors have been a much better defensive team since yeah. Draymond came back. And yeah. I mean, obviously, he's he's one of the most vocal teammates that you can possibly find, constantly talking on the defensive end, telling everybody where they need to be, how they need to be, what they need to be. Um, so it's no coincidence that they've been much better since he came. He's came come back. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go with Mitchell on this one too there there are many options out there that I like that aren't or around his price tag and I want like you mentioned I want to get Luca in there I want to get some of these higher guys in there uh possible I do agree with you that Gobert has a really good matchup a Wiseman can get into foul trouble very easily Kevin Looney is just goofy (laughs) for lack of a better word uh and Draymond as good of a defender as he is he has a severe size disadvantage against Gobert, even though he's going to give Rudy everything he's got. <laughs> Funny, Rudy. Uh, he's going to give him everything he's got down there, him boxing him out. Uh, he just has a, a big size advantage, so I think that's a solid tag for him. I don't, Maybe not a huge ceiling like the Clint Capella triple-double on blocks type of game, or, or but uh, he does have a pretty solid floor and, and some room to grow on that floor. Uh, yep. Outside of them, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think everybody's pretty priced accordingly. Uh, whether it's a, it's a decent matchup, but I'm not going to have too much exposure outside of uh, a little bit of Gobert. And I think Joe Joe Ingles at 4200 is a solid price tag. I think we can. He he came back the last two games after missing nine days, and he's only he only played 19 and 20 minutes. But those two games, uh, especially the first game, turned ugly. Uh, was ugly, and the second game. Turned a little bit later, uh, but he had, he also had eight points and nine assists. So this is a matchup that I think he is ready to play a little bit more minutes, and I think he's um, suited for in this matchup. And at forty two hundred, I th- that's a good price tag. You can get six, seven time seven x value on on this guy, uh, and especially when we're trying to find more around the four k and under type of range, that so we can fit a Luca and then maybe someone else. Uh, that's a, def- this is a definite guy that I would like to target in this in this later game where I'm not targeting many of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like the Ingles call, um, and it's kind of a it's a really good price tag just because we're looking for value. And um, I don't know if our listeners have been paying close close attention or not, but there's just hasn't been a lot of value that's opened up on this slate. So if we don't get uh, any good news heading into tomorrow, you know, a guy like Ingles where you could probably rely on at least 24 to 25 minutes in a fairly decent context. Uh, yeah, I could see it. Difficult position to fill. Right, man. And uh, before we head on out of here, I do want to let everybody know we we are looking to get some, if, if you have any editing experience or uh, experience doing DFS or whatnot, give myself, Mike, Dan, uh, give us a message on Twitter. Uh, my my Twitter is at Santino Gacon. That's 
at S-A-N-T-I-N-O, C-A-C-C-O-N-E. Give us a rate review if you're looking at the podcast. Give Aaron a follow, Aaron, uh, and look at his writing, his reading, and everything. Uh, He's going to be on the Discord tomorrow. His his Twitter is at Aaron, or no, at Asmus Sports. That's A-S-M-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S. Did I hit that one correctly? That's it, man. All right. I thought I did, but I just wanted to double check. Uh, yeah, we're doing a bunch of stuff around here. Um, and Aaron, before we go, is there any quick thing that you want to shout out the guys? Do you have a favorite play? I usually, uh, I, I have, I'm forgetting to ask you about who's your favorite play of the night. I know this is a, we, we usually have long slates, so I don't want to uh, throw one out there. But is there anything you want to throw at anybody um, before we head on out of here? I don't know if necessarily a favorite play, but the whole Pelicans team. Can I say that? Just in, I, <laughs> in terms I, of just I, like I was feeling that you were coming for. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, I just I haven't seen at, at least this season um, just a just a clear mispricing of just kind of a, a whole team. I I can't <laughs> recall uh, just where all these guys should probably be like at least five hundred to seven hundred dollars more expensive than they are. And I would recommend playing at least two Pelicans in your in your cash builds. And um, you know, I'm gonna when I start really diving into Pelicans, I'm gonna probably end end up playing you know probably three of these guys. So um, focus on the Pelicans. Just really get these underpriced guys in an awesome, awesome matchup. Yeah, I like it. And I had a feeling you were gonna go there. I just wanted to <laughs> uh, see there and. With so many so many plays on a slate, it's hard to just pinpoint one. I know there's so many reasons of, yeah, this guy's price tag is just too cheap or he's just Luca or whatever it is. Um, but I like that. The, the Pelicans are in a fantastic spot, and they are priced down to where they should be. So I'm with that one too. I like that one. Um, but thank you guys for joining us uh, for another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. Uh, on behalf of myself, Aaron, and the rest of the team, thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you again tomorrow. I believe it's Mike, and you will get a special guest from one of our newest podcasters. He's going to be—I'm not going to ruin the surprise, throw out any names there—but uh, we are going to get a—you're going to get some new blood on tomorrow's show. So that's something to look forward to, and it's going to be exciting. I believe another six-game slate on Sunday, uh, or six or seven type of game slate. Which I like these slates much better than the the two and the the fifteen. I don't know why this week was just so crazy the way it was, but hey, uh, hopefully we can get more sixes, sixers and seveners uh, in there. That's it. All right, guys, have a good one. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.